Good morning. Welcome to Sunday. Day eight, week two of our 21 days of prayer. <clears throat> you are all, each and every one of you, invited to join in <clears throat> Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 in the morning and again on Saturday from 9 to 10. God's presence is with those who gather in his name Monday through Friday, Saturday, and especially here on Sunday, we're gathered in his name and God is present with us. Would you honor him with me by closing your eyes and bowing your heads as we spend a moment or two with the God of the universe? Father, Good morning again. I so appreciate your presence. Your presence is a great treasure. Your word is a great treasure. Father, you have everything I need. I need a provider, I need a defender. Jesus, thank you for being here as well. I needed a Savior, a Redeemer. And you took that sacrifice, that responsibility out of a fullness, a greatness of love for me. You took my sin and my shame on that cross. At that moment in history, you changed everything. And then to top that off, you came out of the grave to prove to us that there is more to life than this life. You set us free for freedom. To have everything that you offer to enjoy an abundant life in you. And Holy Spirit, you are my counselor, my comforter. You are the spirit of truth, God's truth. And I know because of God's word, that you are here. You are here in me. What a miracle. What a great treasure. Holy Spirit, this morning I ask you to reveal in fullness God's heart for each one who sits here this morning. Spirit, at this moment, open ears, open eyes, open hearts, open minds to see, to know, and to understand and experience everything that the Father offers us. Father, bless each one here, protect each one. 
and give strength to each one. Thank you that you are here. That I can know that you are here. That I can know that your spirit lives inside of me. Father, give us all a hunger and a thirst for more of you. As we grow more deeply into relationship with you, experience your love and all that that means. I ask that for each one here. In Jesus' loving name, amen. Would you praise Jesus with me this morning? Come on, give him a round of applause. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. What a sweet spirit today, huh? I don't know if you felt that or not, but uh, the spirit of God is, is here in this place, and I believe that he has primed you for what he has for you. Uh, he is, in other words, he's prepared you for that. And um, before we, we get started today, we got something super special today. Uh, but before we get there, real quick, I want to just, um, this is the first service. And so um, every week, I'm just like you. I come into church anticipating to hear from God, right? I, and, and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I'm the one talking, right? But I'm, as I'm talking, I'm listening. And so um, last Sunday, uh, I felt God speak to me in the second service in a way that he did it in the first service. And in other words, I missed it in the first service. And because I missed it in the first service, I feel it's necessary to say a little bit of an apology to the first service this week. So last Sunday, we, um, we observed the Lord's Supper. And I talked about examining yourself. And then we took the Lord's Supper immediately without examining ourselves. Like without taking a moment to examine your, ourselves. I talked about how you should examine yourself. Then I didn't give you in a moment to examine yourself. So examine yourself right. I'm just kidding. No, no. Um, but, um, but I felt like it was necessary to just acknowledge that to you so that you understand how God speaks to me. And, um, and in the spirit of last Sunday, after service, in the first service actually, I received one of the best compliments that I've ever, ever received. And it was about our church. And that's the reason why I'm sharing it with you because normally I just let compliments go in one ear, not the other. But um, it was a compliment about our church and it was that he, this person said, you know, I was telling someone about our church, and it's, and it's like you go to a Christian rock concert, and then you get a Bible lesson from your friend, he said. And that, like, I, I haven't talked to him about that, but, like, that, like, really touched my heart. And so um, I share that with you because this morning... As your friend, I get to introduce you to one of my friends, if you haven't been here. Now, I say introduce. This man doesn't need an introduction. Um, in fact, um, I, we didn't announce that, uh, that Luke Walters, by the way, is going to be here today. We didn't announce that because he's been here multiple times before. I think this is the third, third time he's backstage, third time, fourth time. He's like, I'm, I'm not counting that. I'm, I think it's about the third time. In fact, before we came into this place, into this, this auditorium, we were setting up outside, outside uh, in this at this time of year, and he was out. He spoke 
to our church while we were setting up and tearing down outside. And so, in other words, he's seen the ugly side of the Refuge Church or the growing pains of the Refuge Church, and he's still here. And because he loves you, and, and, and I just, I absolutely love how he loves the Refuge Church. The last time that he was here, um, we did a, a baptism service. It was one of the most powerful services that we've ever experienced at the Refuge Church. And uh, man, it was, it was so, so good. So would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? Would you give the man of God a round of applause as he comes, Mr. Luke Walters? Love you. All right. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. It's all about Jesus. Good to see you. Great to be here. I'm excited. Really excited. I get refreshed when I come to the Northwoods. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's really a blessing. The Bible says the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Uh, and I add to it. <laughs> come to Maine. Amen. <clears throat> It's great. Uh, first time I came here it was in uh, 1985. My wife and I came, and uh, we we rode around this this beautiful state, and, and just fell in love with the Northeast, and have had a burden for for the Spirit of God to erupt again in the Northeast of, of the United States. So I just keep coming back, Amen. And you got lobster, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. I am. My wife uh, sends you greetings, my children, and uh, we've been had a busy year so far. Um, I won't talk much about my our ministry, I, but I've been a missionary for a long time uh, on the other side of the world. The Lord uh, called me out of uh, uh, the energy sector of America, worked for ExxonMobil, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to India. I said, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I said, God, and people. Yeah. It's this beautiful aroma of curry and sweat and urine all mixed together. <clears throat> but I grew up on a farm, so it was kind of like, okay, I can handle it. But I've uh, been in, going to that part of the world since... Uh, 1994, I uh, lived in Sri Lanka during the Civil War and um, been, been able to minister in 98 different nations, so uh, it's good to be in your country. <laughs> it's very good to be in your country, sir. <laughs> uh, I speak Sinhalese fluently, which is, this is amazing. It's like, um, of course, you're listening to my southern drawl, okay? Come on, somebody. <laughs> it just feels good, don't it? <laughs> Yeah, where I'm from, it's like normal, so it doesn't bother nobody. Um, but I've found that where the Lord has guided my path, I and mean, if you uh, want to kind of put a title to the message today, would be the path, um, that I, I, I become a sign and a wonder. You're like, I said, what are you doing here? You don't fit. I said, no, I'm pretty big. <laughs> I said, but I'm a sign that God's real, and you're wondering why I'm here. <laughs> Thursday night, I was in uh, uh, New York City. My daughter lives in New York City, and, 
and uh, she's telling me, Dad, there's this girl, she, she's, she's always hanging around our stoop, and I didn't even know what a stoop was, I thought it was short for stupid, you know, <laughs> and uh, so they have these stairs that lead up to these apartments, and people just hang out, and uh, they used to just drink, now they drink and smoke weed, come on somebody, and uh, her name's Tequila. And I said, I want to meet Tequila. She said, no, Dad, don't, 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 don't deal with Tequila. I said, no, that's who I want to, I want to see who I'm praying for. You know, like coming here, I want to see you. I want to, I want to know what I'm praying for. And uh, so there, we come back from dinner and there's Tequila. And Mary goes, there she is, Dad, that's Tequila. And so I walk right up to her. Hey, Tequila. And look, it's, it's all black people in the hood, all around. And my, my, my daughter's going, oh, God. I said, I know you got to deal with, with them after I leave. <laughs> you you got to deal with what I'm going to say today after I leave. I mean, your pastor's going to have to clean it up, amen? <clears throat> but I, I started dealing with tequila. I said, I, I just wanted to see your face, darling. She went, what? <laughs> and I said, I had a story to tell you. And, and, there, and I knew that my path was eventually going to cross her path. And I was going to have an opportunity to tell her my story. And so I told her how I got saved, how, how Jesus sat in the car, and, and he came in the car and cast nine demon spirits out of me. Hello? It really works great in the Hindu world. <laughs> They're like, oh, we know, we know demons, Pastor. <laughs> and if you have a demon in you today, you're going to get nervous. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> God's in this place. Bible says his presence, he, he comes when we worship him. I love to sit behind people in church, church services, and, and I just start worshiping over them. And when I do, I start, I was in a church service uh, I came a couple days ago, and when I just started worshiping over these people, they got up and left. I said, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I said, yep, come back and worship. And they just squirmed the whole time. And then toward the end, they just said, man, I just, I just feel this, this something on me now. I said, yeah, I know what it is. That's the Holy Spirit. He is, he's, you start worshiping and God's presence comes. And I just love that. I, I, today, I, the, the, the Spirit of God, the presence of God was just falling gently upon us and speaking to us as we worshiped him. We began to focus in on him. So I'm excited to uh, have crossed paths with you guys again here in, uh, where am I at? Maine. No, no, no. What's it? Wyndham, Wyndham, Maine. Come on. It doesn't get no better than that. Come on, somebody. That's right. Man, I love, I love coming. I, I really do. Get, I start getting refreshed as soon as I get out of Boston. Come on, I'll preach. If you have your Bibles... Uh, you can uh, turn to Psalms 119.105, and if you would, I want to ask you to honor God's Word and stand with me as I read this one scripture, and then we'll pray. And i got a few short points. Lord, we honor your Word. Amen. Psalms 119.105, this is one that you can hide in your heart. This is one that will uh, stick with you even from a, a little child, you know, to train your children. And uh, my grandchildren, they come into my house and I'll say, Lord, your word, and they'll, they'll quote it verbatim. So let's, let's read the word of God together. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's say it again together. Your word is a light and a light to my path. Father, we thank you for the path of God today. We thank you for the word of God in our heart. 
Lord, we thank you as we just remind you of your word, how powerful it is in our life and how you use it in our life. And it it changes us, it directs us, it it fills us with great joy. It's a a strong and mighty tower in our spirit, Lord. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Love on your neighbor a little bit as you sit down. Tell them they look good. Find Find something that you can compliment about them. They got something hanging out their nose, help them out. Hallelujah. They'll appreciate it in the long run, and I promise you, you will too. Amen. The path of God. I'm just going to minister to you a a short minute or two here and give you some thoughts about God's path. It's a specific path. The Bible calls it a a way of holiness. But it's a a cool thing to, uh, to follow this journey and start following Jesus Christ. Um, I've been a believer now for 42 years, and, I, and, I'm, and I've, I honestly have leaned in and pressed hard to follow after the Lord, follow after the Word, and follow my wife. Hello? <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> You're going to catch that one in a minute. <laughs> but uh, my wife is great. She's the finest believer I know, and uh, <clears throat> she, she's my girlfriend. I ask her to marry me every day. Every day she says she's going to call the police on me. <laughs> I ain't kidding. <laughs> she's tough. But, and it was just a beautiful thing when, when uh, she came to our church, and uh, I'd been at our church for over a year, and uh, there she was, and I didn't pay no attention to her. I, didn't, I wasn't planning on getting married. And uh, the, the Lord started dealing with me about, said, I'm going to, in pray, I'd come pray on these 21 days. I'd come to prayer. <clears throat> I want to encourage you about prayer. How we're seven, you're at day eight. After seven days, something starts to shift in the church after, after these 21 days. So you got three times seven. So there's a spiritual dynamic that starts to happen when you come and your path leads you to prayer. And you bow and just wait on the Lord and, and just have a conversation. Say, Jesus, help me. I've done that so many times. Here's my prayer today. Jesus, help me. I'm having some issues. And then I start telling the Lord my victories. And one of my victories was the Lord told me, said, in prayer, he said, I'm going to make you responsible. I was like, yeah, that's great. <clears throat> I, was, I was 22 years old, and I needed to be responsible. <laughs> I was having some issues. <laughs> And uh, I said, what does that mean? You know, you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You want me to preach? You want me to go to Bible school? What do you want me to do? And, and he said, I want you to get married. Again, my conversation went to, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I said, that cannot be God. <laughs> because I didn't even know. I didn't want to die. I didn't want to deal with it. I couldn't hardly talk to a girl. Hello? <laughs> and then uh, and we had worship like this. And people were playing guitars. And, and so she gets up right in the middle of the service and walks right in the front. And I'm looking at her. I'm playing guitar. And I go, what is your problem? I didn't say that to her verbatim. But, but uh, the Lord said, that's who you're marrying. I said, oh, my God. You have to make it apparent to you. You see, God will make the path for your life very apparent. Very apparent. If you're not married in here today, just calm down a little bit. It's okay. He will make it very apparent. And then he will, he will, he will show you if it's going to be the right way or not. He'll, he'll start confirming it with his word. He, he'll light it up. 
He'll say, this is the way, walk in it, go this way, that way. And, and you have to be keen to his voice. And let me tell you, man, just being in church today, as I'm speaking, you're starting to think about things. You, your life's starting to roll around in your head. You're hearing what I'm saying, but then there's things that's happening in your life. And you're saying, God, where, where do you want me to do? How are you going to do this? This, this? this thing called hope starts to grab a hold to you. And as I'm speaking today with the Word of God, hope starts to overcome all the issues of your life. Hope starts to destroy the, the, the say, I, made, I, made the, I took the wrong path. I made the wrong decision. And all of a sudden, God starts, as the, the Word of God is preached and your pastor ministers to you. I mean, it's like a powerful, it's like an impact. Boom. The Word of God starts spreading hope in our hearts encouraging us to say, hey, I got a good word for you today. Everything's going to be all right. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them that. Believe it. Come on, everything's going to be all right. This world's going to crumble, amen? But everything's going to be all right. Our hope's not in this world. Our hope is in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? And that right there is a good word, my friends. It works. I tell you, 42 years, is, I have this hope that keeps building up in my life because I'm on that path. I'm following Jesus desperately. John 14, verse, verse 1 through 6. I love the scripture, especially when, when things get all cattywampus. That's a, that's a Mississippi word for all messed up. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? How do we know which way to go? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to Father except through me. I was living in Colombo, Sri Lanka, in the heart of the Civil War and, and uh, difficult days. I turned white-headed overnight. <laughs> Bombs started falling and people just wore and... and uh, you know, I really, I was way over my head on experience and what to do or which way to go or uh, how to take care of my family, but I had the Word of God, and I, it was difficult, and I, so I, I remember reading the scripture, I, I started, you know, to, to the dynamic duo of, of spiritual life is fasting and prayer. See, I'm, I was praying, but then all of a sudden I had to jump it up a notch. I had to push back from the table and really fast and say, God, I, I need you to show me the path. Show me which way to go. And I, so I was like, I, I, didn't know, I don't know where to go. And the Lord said, well, I'm the way. I said, okay, show me the way. He said, I'm truth also. Well, show me what's true. I don't, I don't want nobody to lie to me. Because, man, everybody tries to lie to you in Asia. It's, it's not an adamant lie like you think. Uh, it's, a, it's a cultural way of being nice. 
Like in, in Sri Lanka, India, that part of the world, uh, you know, in, a, in the Western culture, people emphatically go, yes, come on, do that with me. Yeah, you got it. And then if it's no, it's emphatically no. In, in those parts of the world, yes, very good, sir. No, no problem, sir. And so you're in this gray world of like, what is yes and what is no? Which is the way? What's, what's the truth? Which is the way? You, don't, you can't figure it out. And the reason behind that is, is the cultural foundation of, of nations. Our, our cultural foundation in America, we're, we're our, our constitution, our thought process, the Bill of Rights, everything, legal documents in the United States based on the Judeo-Christian principles of the Ten Commandments. Come on, you should shout right there. It's what's holding our country together. It's the truth. See there? I said it. I gave it to you. It's the truth. Jesus made it that way. It's black and white. It's yes and no. Gray areas doesn't fit in this, this culture. But Jesus said, I'm the truth. Guess what he also said? He said, I'm the way. You see, in other nations of the world, I'll give you an example of, of India and Sri Lanka, uh, Buddhism and Hinduism is based upon the foundation of reincarnation. If you die, you just come back as something else. You, you, you have the, the Sanskrit writings. That they're actually trying to change the name of India to Maharat, which is an old Sanskrit name that would predate Jesus Christ, the deity. And to, it would, what it does, it, it uh, disavows the, the word of God. It supersedes the word of God. And you know that's not going to happen very long. But at the same time, that's because it perpetrates reincarnation. It perpetrates if someone dies or something catastrophic happens in a world event. It's just part of, of karma, of, of, of pursuing nirvana, pursuing ultimate peace. And you can't ever get there. It's works-based. There's no grace based into it. And it's works-based in prayer. It's works-based in becoming a monk. And it's just this, this crazy cycle. When we went to Sri Lanka, uh, teenage suicide was ranked number one in the world. So we started ministering to teenage suicide. There were so many uh, factors. Uh, you know, you're in a war country. You uh, have no jobs. Even if you got a good education, your education wouldn't take you nowhere. Your, your, your family, uh, your children would be arranged marriages. And so if you didn't have an arranged marriage and you did went opposite of what your parents said, the kids would be in the, this quagmire and they would commit suicide. Crazy, crazy uh, thought process because at the bottom of it was, was the foundation of suicide, of, uh, excuse me, of reincarnation. But it was the way. It's the way to find God. And Jesus said, you can find me in the way. Because the Bible says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Look, it don't matter where you are or where, what's going on in your life. You just speak the name of Jesus, and he comes. He listens. I mean, you're fixing to get in a wreck in an automobile. What do you do? Jesus, help me <laughs> because I'm in trouble, it, and it works. Jesus is the way. It's Eastern culture. Jesus is the truth. Scientific approach. Prove to me Jesus Christ. Okay, let me pray for you. 
Let me hold your hand and pray for you. Most people go, no, I don't want to do that. I, I was dealing with tequila. I said, hey, let me hold your hand, tequila. She went, pray, you know, I just grabbed I said, I've been praying for you. She goes, oh. you could tell immediately she had to catch her breath. Because the Spirit of God inside of your life will impact the person next to you. Come on, don't pray for your husband right now, girls. <laughs> or do you may need to pray for him right now. <laughs> But it's that powerful word of God in your life that, that puts you in positions where you can pray and you can just, you, you, the Spirit of God inside of you is going to release the way. It's going to release the truth because Jesus said, I am life. I am life. There's nothing like following God, following his path for your life. And that, let me tell you, sometimes you're on the mountaintop with him. You read the, the New Testament and his disciples, they went up on the mountaintop and they had experiences with God. You know, sometimes you need to just get away and go, go get with God. Sometimes you need to go to a conference. You need to learn how to do the old Pentecostal jig, amen? Just kind of get beside yourself with God. You know, you know how you do when you're dancing and you're alone in the bathroom and nobody's seeing you, you know what I mean? You just, hey, come on, Jesus, this is good. <laughs> because you feel something. See, this gospel is emotional. There's something that'll stir up inside of you. And I don't care if you're from the cold north or from the south or wherever you're from. Look, in Asia, man, they're twirling. You ought to see the Jewish people dance. They go crazy. My wife says, don't you ever do that. She said, brother, you're too white. <laughs> That's ugly. Do not. I said, come on, let me go. No. Uh, anyway, that's just another story. But you know what this path will bring you to? Some, a lot of times, it's going to bring you on a path of change. It'll bring you to the place where something catastrophic happens. So God can do something in your life to make you more like him. To be, you know, the word Christian means to be more like Christ, not like yourself. And you'll have the attributes of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with being kind to someone, someone who's not kind to you. Or just inadvertently complimenting someone. It, it just makes people to understand that the, the power of Jesus in you is reaching out with love. Because love is the greatest thing that we could use in the gospel. Just loving somebody where they're at. Because you know that we all walk through things. Isaiah chapter 6 said the path's going to be rough at times. It's going to get rough. Trials and tribulations are part of the life of a believer. It said the Bible started out in Isaiah chapter 6. It said, in the year King Uzziah died. This is, uh, this is Isaiah talking about his first cousin. And difficult days when, when people pass away, your family passes away. He was bro they were best friends. Broken hearted. And in the middle of his best friend, his first cousin, passing away, look, in the year he died, he said, I saw the Lord. You know, in, in sometimes this path, you're going to go through broken spots, but guess what? There's, God will show up when nobody else will show up. God will meet you when you're laying on your back, Broken in pain and you're suffering and crying. And guess what? <laughs> the Bible says he sticks closer than a brother. 
His Spirit dwells in all places at all times. And He's doing something powerful in your life. Because when you're laying flat on your back, you ain't got no way to look but up. And it's at those moments that when we say thank you, thank you for the trouble. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm giving you a secret on how to get out of trouble. Be thankful in all things. Man, he, he said, I saw the Lord. He died. He said, I was, he was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his, his robe filled the temple. He, all of a sudden, in tough times when you're following God, you'll see God in ways you never dreamed. Out of brokenness, brothers and sisters, comes God's greatest blessings. A move of his spirit in your family, in your life, on the path. Attending him were mighty seraphims, each having six wings. Two wings covered their faces and, and two covered their feet and then two, they flew. Encounters with angelic beings. My goodness, how, would, how cool would that be, huh? I've had a few encounters with angelic beings. I, you know, they'd be like, hey, man, I don't know which way to go. They don't have street signs when I first went to Asia. You had to do it all old school. This road, you know, this, this way, don't go that way. And then, you know, it, it makes it even more difficult. You're driving, you're going, uh, and the Holy Spirit is saying, don't go that way because there's landmines on that road. Hello? You better know the way. You better know what's true. You have, you have to prove your path with God. I didn't even write that one down. You should write that one down. Prove your path with God because it, it can be so detrimental. And most of the time when you're trying to prove or test that path with God, all of a sudden it could be dangerous, but it could at the same time be exhilarating. Because if you make a mistake, <laughs> you're going to need angels to deliver you then. So they called out to each other, these angels, holy, holy, holy. Oh, Lord God Almighty. The heaven, the Lord of heaven's armies, the earth is filled with your glory. What a revelation on the path. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Man, to have on the path with the Lord, I promise you, you will have spiritual experiences. You will have encounters with, with the God of creation. And it's at that moment, <laughs> let me give you some wisdom. Bow low. Bow, say, oh, holy Lord. How, would you, how do you even know me <laughs> that you would come in the midst of my problems? Their voices shook the temple. Can you imagine the sound? You know, this worship up here, it has a sound of heaven. For over 40 years now, there has been sounds of worship like the world has never experienced. We graduated from hymns, and I still love the hymns. Come on. Talking about the blood of Jesus, and I love to sing them old hymns. But now we have these sounds that are coming forth of creative worship, of, of the heavenly sounds. And that's because angelic hosts have come and put the creative thoughts in believers' minds. Guess what it's all doing? Ushering in more presence of God. Ushering in, hey, we're going to have fun in church. We're going to shake, rattle, and roll. Come on, Jerry Lee Lewis. That's a Louisiana boy. Hello. <laughs> that messes all that religious stuff up, which I'm kind of into that myself. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed. 
My goodness. From a sinful man. You see, the closer you get to God, the more you realize how dirty you are. Man, you, and then you have a tendency to do this. I, I don't want to know if I want to get any closer. I'm comfortable here. And then God said, come on. I got a little something else for you along this path. And you, you kind of, okay, you lean a little closer. You know, and when you first get saved, you're taking big steps toward him, you know. And then all of a sudden you realize, uh-oh, you want me to do what? Uh, you, want me to, you want me to quit hanging out with what? You want me to, to change what? And he says, yeah. I'm, I'm, I say, he starts convicting you of, of the way you live because he wants more of him in you and less of the world in you. You know, it's not, not we are in the world, but we don't have to be of the world. We don't have to partake of the world. His ways are, are very different along the path. But guess what it does when you, when you say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I can handle that. And then you go, here's the crazy thing along the path is you get to a place where you're like, I just can't do this on my own. And he goes, I've been waiting for you because I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to give you something that you, you never had before. Pastor, pastor past a uh, couple of days, he's been with us and he's like, this is unbelievable. We got the parking spots right up front. I said, yeah. I expect it <laughs> because his favor is on my life. Yeah. One of the greatest prayers that you can pray as a believer is, God, give me your favor. Oh, man. I remember praying that prayer, and it just shifted. Something shifted in my journey. Like, this is really good. Then one of the seraphim flew over to me. Can you believe? He, he found you. And he took a burning coal taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it saying, Who shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Who shall I send? Who will go? You see, the greatest expansion of Refuge Church is not inside these four walls. It's out that door. You know what you call that? The mission field. You know why I have been a successful missionary? Because I served in my home church. I served my pastor. I've had the same pastor for 42 years. Hello? I have, I have leaned in when times were tough. I have leaned in when the path was rude. I have leaned in when people didn't understand me. I have leaned in and said, uh-uh, I'm taking my place. I'm, I'm believing that God has led me here and he's going to plant me here and I'm going to grow into a big tree and I'm going to have great fruit and God, out of the house. You should have said amen right there. Because in, along the path becomes responsibility. And you know what else? The responsibility grows. And it makes you accountable. Account Because, you know, it's easy to get lost in, in, in this thing called world. Make your own decisions. I make decisions like, hey, pastor, I'm going, I'm going to New England again. And he said, okay, I got you covered. To have your pastor's covering, it's so many blessings, but also protections. My, young, my, excuse me, my oldest daughter got in a horrible car accident uh, 14 years ago. 
And she lay dead on the table for 26 minutes. And God raised her from the dead. I went to see the doctors, and they told me, you know, she's been dead. I said, Doc, I just, I asked you to do one thing. I wasn't rude to those doctors. No, I wanted to be. But I wasn't rude to them because when you're in this path and you're in this journey with the Lord, you become mature. Your maturity level with the Lord will always be recognized in greatest crisis. Hello? And I just told him really silently, kind of almost said, would you please go put blood back in her body? And the, the emergency room doctor got adamant. Oh, you're, you're one of those nutcases. I said, I, I'm not acting like a nutcase. I just asked you to do something special. Go do something unusual. I said, can we, can we ask God to do something powerful? Can we ask God to do something powerful here in Wyndham? Can we ask God to do something powerful here in Maine? I mean, the sun shines on this state before any other state. I believe God will start the creation of what He wants to do in this world, in this country, right here. I really believe that. And uh, the other doctor, he was a neurosurgeon, you know, one of those brainiacs. If you're a neurosurgeon in here, God bless you. I love you. You're, you're my kind of person because I'm a little weird, too. That's, that's funny. And he said, I'll take responsibility. I've been studying life after death. He had been studying Hinduism. Hello? And he went and put blood back in her body. And, and on the third pint of blood, she, her heart started pumping. Miracle. She's alive today. She's at my house right. eating my food right now. <laughs> She's married. She's, she, her life's blessed, man. She's alive. I love talking to her. And she, she's a living testimony. That'd be cool to bring her up here one day and yeah. say, look, I don't have to preach. Look at this. Yeah. Look what the Lord has done. Yeah. No man can do this. Right. And, and you know what? It gave me a healthier respect for the medical field and, right. and their ministry. You see, uh, hospitals are, don't have great faith. But you know what? They do have ministry there. They help people. They help hurting people. And it's good to honor them. That was for free. But in the middle of the path, I'm going to try to finish this, land this ship. In the middle of the path, here, here's the most interesting part of developing spiritual maturity. And I really told you, Pastor, I said I really had a word for Refuge Church is spiritual maturity is increasing here. Amen. You know, the Bible says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It always confused me about the word perfect because I was like, God, I can't be perfect. I'm all messed up, you know? And then the, I started studying, and guess what? The word perfect means mature. We're not all perfect, but we can be mature. We, we can learn how to be mature. And I, I was uh, ministering to your pastor a little bit yesterday about some situations in his life, and I actually forgot that I had wrote it on my notes. Here's how you know that you're, you're becoming perfect in the kingdom. You learn how to wait. Wait for the promise. You got to wait for the promise to come. Because the Bible says, wait, I've seen this. this. You said you would do this, but I don't see it happening. You said you would, you would heal my body, but I'm hurting in pain. You said you, you, would, you would save my family, but I don't see the fruit of it. They're getting worse. <laughs> you know what you call that? A spiritual war. 
You said you would bless my finances, that I would be blessed coming in, blessed going out. I'd be a lender to the nations. Lord, have you seen my checkbook lately? (laughs) And you have to learn how to wait and obey and put in the the time, put in the, the, the actions of faith to respond to the word. You have to. If you want to get healing, look, the Bible says, hey, I need to get healed. Call for the elders of the church, anoint them with oil. There's great, seasoned, mature people of God here. And I didn't say your age. And then you come and you take a little oil, slap it on their head, pray in Jesus' name, be healed. Because Jesus paid the price before he went to the cross for our healings. And sometimes you got to walk healing out. Sometimes you got to go get some opinions by some doctors. By the way... They told me my prostate had done jump way up. If you don't know what that is, that's your problem. <laughs> and then they did a prostate biopsy. And if you don't know about that, don't worry about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you have to wait for the results. Yeah. I said you had to wait for the results. Yeah. And when you're in that waiting period, guess what happens? The enemy comes and says, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I'm going to mess you all up. You're going to have to do this. And they're going to cut you. And they're going to do this to you. And it's going to cause pain. And then finally I went, bring it, devil. I ain't scared of you. I said, no matter the situation, circumstance, I will wait for the promise. That's good preaching. I don't care what you say. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, you get your attitude on this path with Jesus. And you lock in with him. And guess what? He's going to come. They rang me up on the phone. Remember that? Sir, we have a good report for you. I said, I've been expecting it. You have no cancer. But I had to wait. I had to lean into the promise. It said the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It said he'll give you power. I needed power to be a witness. You see, you, you had this season where people are coming to the church and receiving Christ. Last, last week you had water baptism. I got some news for you on this path. There's more. There's more. I needed power to walk this path because the enemy was trying to steal it from me. He said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And cloven tongues of fire, divided tongues of fire will come and sit upon each of you. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Acts chapter 10, 44 through 48. Acts chapter 19, 1 through 8. Jude 20, Joel 2, 28. Isaiah 28, 14. The promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit will fill you with this spiritual power to walk this path. Somebody handed those scriptures to me on a deposit slip. (laughs) So you need to go read these scriptures. I never read them before. You can get the scriptures from me. You can get the scriptures, write them down, and go look at them and and entertain them and, and ponder them because this is the path for spiritual maturity. Psalms 32, last scripture, and we're going to stop. It's almost like I've been just blasting this word in my spirit and I just want to speak it over you it's a promise 
It's a promise. It said, I hear the Lord saying, Refuge Church. I will stay close to you. Do you receive that? I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway for your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn. When I take you where you've not been before, don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. What an invitation to follow the path, to experience Jesus, to take water baptism, to be able to, God, just have relationships. Let God heal the relationships to be mature, to keep moving forward, to become more like Christ. They're waiting for you. You're doing good. Keep following the path. In Jesus' name. Would you give Luke a hand? Stand on your feet, if you would. As Luke was preaching, there was one word that just kept, God just kept giving it to me. And it was this word, G-R-A-C-E. The path that God has us on, every single one of us, whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, the path is littered with his grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that it's by grace through faith that you've been saved. It's not of works. It's a gift of God so that no one can boast about their path. The fact is, is that every person that walks this earth has got to have an encounter with God's grace. You have to. Now, you can reject that grace or you can receive that grace. If you're here this morning and you need to receive the grace of God, I'm gonna help you with, with receiving that in a prayer that I'm gonna pray in just a moment. But listen, our doors are open to my right, your left. Run to that room. Tell our people in that room that are there to pray with you. If you need prayer this morning, if you're going through a season of waiting and you don't know what's next, our, that room is open for you to go and to receive prayer. Not that they have your answer, but that they know that God does. Grace. We all must encounter it would you bow with me as we pray father I thank you for the path that you have each and every one of us on 
I thank you that the path, every single one of them, contains your grace all along the way. And what that grace tells us, God, is that when we get off of your path, grace pulls us back in. When we stumble and we fall along that path, grace picks us back up. When we start running on that path and we get ahead of you, God, grace pulls us back into place. And God, when we're just ready to quit, we're just ready to stop, grace gives us a push and says, you got this. Grace is a gift from you. And God, I know that there are people in this room that need to receive the grace of God in their lives that is a gift through your son Jesus who died for our sins to forgive us of our sins and give us that grace so that we can be in relationship with you. If you're in this room and you need to receive God's grace, would you just say this prayer? Say, God, I know that I need you because of what I've done that is wrong, that has separated me from you. God, thank you for sending Jesus. I really believe that he lived this life and he died for my sin for this moment when I ask you into my heart. Come into my life. Give me a new identity that is Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I am so glad you came to church today. Are you glad you came to church today? Woo. You know, I always ask Luke Walters to come back because every time he's here, I know that the Holy Spirit is going to be T-H-I-C-C-C-C-C. That means thick in this place. We're gonna sing a song, then we'll be dismissed. Hang around, thank you so much for being here. We love you. Have the best day of your life. See you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Bye.